Hey everybody, this is Dean with the X-Files podcast, and I figured it was time to record a new intro for these repubs because that old one is, uh, I don't know, it's too old-timey radio for me. But uh, if you're listening to this uh, and you are a little bit confused why it says republished, it's because once upon a time, Josh and I did this project with the intent on just covering some of our favorites, and then we decided to... Uh, pull all of those episodes down and start over and do the whole thing sequentially. So what you're about to listen to is an episode that was recorded probably several years ago, which is kind of crazy, and uh, we're just redropping it now, hence the republished bracket to the right of the title in your little pod player. That said, expect some sound quality deviations, to say the least. Um, We were both operating on older equipment at the time, and uh, we have since refined that process with cool, new, fancy equipment because of the lovely support of all of our members. So, anything in the conversation that talks about or refers to our next picks, you have to just ignore, because obviously we're not doing that anymore. Okay, I think that's enough preamble for now. Let me step aside so you guys can listen to the X-Files podcast by LSG Media. LSG Media is proud to bring you the X-Files podcast with hosts Josh and Dean. Welcome back to the X-Files podcast by LSG Media. I'm Dean, I'm joined by Josh, and we're back at it again. Back by popular demand, as so demanded by our listeners who want more, more, more X-Files. And uh, Josh and I are getting together to talk about an episode that he picked. He's going to talk to you a little bit about what that means. How are you doing tonight, Josh? I am doing great. Um, Just sitting over here, leaning my head against a nice little human hair pillow, getting comfy for the recording. (laughs) Do you have a pile of fingernails that don't belong to you next to you? No, I do not. They're on a necklace around my chest. All right. Have you escalated to the actual murder yet? I'm not there yet, but after this episode, yet? it might be time. You're like a half-chubbed fetishist half at this chub. point. You're not fully erect. I'm an escalating fetishist, as Mulder might say. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Trending Yikes. up. Trending up. Trending baby. up. Well, mm. the FBI will be on to you before you know it. Well... Unless it's an investigation ins. run by Agent Box, then you're probably <laughs> fucking home free. This is hey, just terrible. <laughs> funny, funny but true fact. Um, I have some good friends in the FBI from not, uh, didn't meet them in there. I, I was in the, the Marines. My old boss got out. He joined the FBI. No, a few other guys did. Uh, but he did tell me, he said, hey, Josh, I know you. I know, you know, know what you're like. And I just want you to know if your name ever comes across my desk, I'll give you a 24 hour head up for uh, we come for you. So I got that going for me, which is nice. Which is well, nice. I hope you can get out of the United States if that's the case. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. So. so you picked Irresistible, man. You picked it. It's the second season, 13th episode. Talk to me about why you decided on Irresistible. Well, I. I love this episode, all right? Um, and I'll say, actually, as I get into it, I was on the border of picking... I had two episodes I was kind of high up on my list. As we did our last session, I knew I'd be coming up on the recording uh, selection. If you guys don't know, we go back and forth, picking an ep. It was my turn. Um, and then we actually got a really cool email after we dropped our most recent um, episode into the feed. It had been a while. 
and we got a uh, we got a email from a listener, Robbie, uh, and he talked about being glad that we we're back out there. And he mentioned a couple episodes that he'd like to request, and this was on there. And boom, tipped the scale. So, Robbie, this is for you, and it's also for me because I wanted to do it anyway. Um, so, what I like about this episode is X Files has been one of my favorite television shows, and obviously, it's a show that centers around the paranormal, about the unexplained, about aliens, about all that crazy shit it gets into, but. This episode is not really about that. And at the end of the day, as much as I love that stuff, I think that the most interesting thing is that I, I don't really believe in that shit. All right. I love the show, <laughs> but I don't really fucking believe in aliens or vampires or really like ghosts, like in the practical sense that it happens in X Files. I don't believe sure. in any of that shit. But I do believe in monsters. Boring. Oh, sorry. I believe in <laughs> monsters, right? <laughs> yes. Because monsters are human beings. And they're out there, man. I don't believe any of those things have ever come across this world. But if you want to look, you don't have to look far to see fucking horrific, horrifying things happening in our world throughout history and and today, every day. Every day. And I think that in reality, that is so much scarier than any, you know, wear badger coming out of your Mm. toilet to... uh, Mm -hmm you know, munch on your grundle or whatever that episode monster of the week is about. Um, and I like that what that's about primarily in this episode, Donnie faster is a fantastic villain. He is Mm -hmm. creepy to the core. And I also, I really love Jillian Anderson in this episode. Yeah, she's great. I think it's, you know, if you guys know the show well enough and they can mention this in this episode, this is a little bit later in the season that had followed her abduction, the whole Dwayne Barry, episode right. string and uh her coming back from that a lot of really important shit in her and uh seeing her her vulnerability in this episode on top of her strengths is great to have built up the show did such a good job and she did such a good job building up this character and showing how strong she is how smart how analytical um and i think it made it so much more powerful to show a little bit of weakness in there and I think mm-hmm. it, it does it in a really believable way. Um, and I'll talk about it kind of as it comes up through the episode, but I, I think it's it's fantastically done um, in this. So you, you take my favorite character and a really cool kind of look at her and different take on her and different experience for her, and you top it with a awesome, realistic, monstrous human played by a great actor, and uh, boom, it's a fucking solid pick. Yeah, awesome. I like it a lot. This was uh, this was fun to rewatch, man. I enjoyed it. I hadn't seen it in a while, and I and I I was I started watching it. I didn't remember it at all. I did not. I I, I was like, "What the fuck is this episode about?" And then I saw Nick Chinlin, and I was like, "Oh, dude, Nick Chinlin. That's right, this Donnie Faster guy." Yeah. And it started to come back to me as soon as uh, they show him. As soon as you see him, that's what it was that. I got, I was like, yes, this is good stuff. Yep. I love episodes like this. I love when they have uh, a bit of a creepy bend to them and it is terrifying. Uh, it, it does, you know, it's, um, I like it. You know, I know, I know you've, 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 you've expressed this sentiment before the human monster in X-Files being very scary. And, uh, and I like that. I like that you take that approach on it and, uh, it's on display and irresistible. So, Good pick. I'm looking forward to talking about it. And uh, this guy, uh, David Nutter, he is a good director. 
he has directed a lot of good television in his day. Uh, he directed one of the finest episodes of television I ever personally witnessed. One of the most shockingly horrific, speaking of human monsters. And I don't want to spoil it, but he directed a Game of Thrones episode, many, many good Game of Thrones episodes. But specifically, if you're a Game of Thrones fan or if you've read the books, he directed the episode called The Reigns of the Castamere, which of course depicts the Red Wedding. Uh, Wow, a great piece of TV. And uh, he's done a lot of X-Files. And the reason I'm bringing him up, because in our tradition, which we'll get to at the end of this, I think I'm going to end up picking an episode he has done. Oh, really? For my next pick. Yeah, I think I am. I like it. So, yeah, The X-Files, he's done uh, one, two, 15 episodes. Uh, he did Ice. He did Beyond the Sea. I'm trying to think of other ones he's wow. done that we've... Firewalker. Isn't that funny? <laughs> nice. Irresistible, Clyde Buckman's Final Repose. Did we do that one yet? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Not well, yet. I'm not picking it because obviously I know what I was going to pick before I knew if we picked it. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Uh, so I'm not picking that one. But yeah, man, he's done quite a few and I'm looking forward to... Uh, to getting into this guy, uh, he is—he can really evoke a sense of horror. And there is uh, a couple of moments in this, this hallucinatory effect of this creature that reminds me of a shape va- uh, like Dracula would take. And it, there's a couple of shit when you see it in the shadows moments that uh, are so effective, even though it just ends up not really being there, which is scary. But we this guy's awesome. We could talk about that. Yeah. Good stuff, buddy. Yeah. Good stuff. Nice. And written by, uh, this one was written by Chris Carter, creator of the show. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Uh, back when he uh, didn't write uh, season 10 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Oh, boy. Boy. Yeah. Hey, hey. There's always season 11. Maybe. So, <laughs> we'll always have Paris. Uh, awesome. So, without further ado, let's jump into the. Uh, irresistible and uh josh why don't you tell these good people how we uh run through these in case this is their first well we uh we start off we welcome you on in we talk a little bit about the episode whoever picked it is going to tell you a little bit about why which i just did at excessive length um that's good though we'll give some uh impressions overall and then we're going to roll through more or less scene by scene kind of talk through the episode uh we'll wrap with some final Thoughts at times when we advertise episodes ahead of time. We'll do some listener comments, but this is a little surprise from behind. Yeah, a little bit of a, a little bit of a torpedo strike here, so nobody saw yes. it coming. Yeah, I like it. So hey, let's uh, let's get started here. Talk to me about the uh, the pre. Do you want to go to? Let's go to Minnesota. Sequence. Let's go. Let's go to Minnesota. Twin Cities. Uh, eh? We have a eulogy for Jennifer, and I got to tell you. Like all, uh, like all eulogies, uh, we know that Jennifer was loved. She was very special. She was always there for people in bloody blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Anyway, Jen looks solid as a corpse, by the way. So compliments to the makeup guy who I guess we're about to meet. <laughs> yeah, she looked, uh, looked lifelike. Looked lifelike. Kind of looked Maybe like a, even breathe a few times. She, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of looked like a, actually a, a bitchy, kind of overprivileged suburban girl. Yeah, yeah, you might be right about that. There's a lot of that going on in this in this episode. We got to mm-hmm. talk about that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially as it relates to the Brumfields. Oh, they are boy. not situationally aware. <laughs> We're going to get to that. <laughs> These are the people that die in serial killer strikes. When when a serial killer decides to cut a swath of destruction, 
through the female populace of a small metropolitan area, or in this case, a large one. You start with uh, the Brumfields. You're in trouble. <laughs> so in walks a uh, creepy white guy, because uh, I was like, who is this guy? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's Faster. So Donald Faster, uh, he's told by, I guess, the funeral director, his boss, yep. that the body will be kept here overnight. We'll, call him, we'll now, call him Morty. Morty the mortician. I like Morty. At first, I got to be honest, I misread the shit out of this. At first, I thought he was saying, the body's going to be here all night. Wink, wink. (laughs) I totally misread this. And I was like, whoa, this guy's creepy. He's like (laughs) fencing bodies to this perv. That's what I thought. I gotcha. Right? I thought he was just going to be like, You didn't think it was a professional comment? No. Okay. No. I I thought that 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 must have been obvious for no reason. I total speculation here. And I just assumed he was going to be like, you know, the dirty jar of Vaseline is is down there. So (laughs) be careful. This one's a spitter or whatever. Kill Bill shit went on here. But I don't know. I was totally wrong. Mm. Totally wrong. So bad call, Ripley. (laughs) Yeah. Don't don't talk bad about Morty. Um, Yeah, Morty was a he was solid through and through. Yep. Um, Unlike Donnie, who takes a stroll over and uh, has a little chat with a beautiful girl. A beautiful dead girl. A yeah. beautiful dead, not reanimated girl. Uh, Going to give her a little hair stroke. Yeah, that's normal. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then there's like a, it's like a POV from the corpse looking up Ooh, at him. I don't like that. <laughs> oh, that's man. what I mean about David Nutter. His decisions on where he puts the camera. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's good, man. Really good. And you see that, and what's his name? Chinlin, right? Nick, yeah. Ch- Nick Chinlin. His, yep. uh, He's great, man. And the face, he's, so good. He, he's like, you can tell he's excited. He's almost like aroused and not just necessarily sexually. Like he's stimulated. His mouth is kind of parted and he's like eagerly looking down and he kind of catches himself and closes the casket. And you're like, oh my God, dude. Yeah, man. It wow. is something else. Uh, I do, uh, you know, you, you brought that up early and uh, I think I want to I wanna get into this a little bit before we press on, if I may. Okay. So originally, Faster was a necrophiliac. In the in, in the first script, and Fox said, "Go fuck yourself. <laughs> You're not putting a necrophiliac on our television sets." <laughs> so it, the quote unacceptable for broadcast standards. Close quote <laughs> from Fox, so, which has almost no broadcasting standards to speak of. <laughs> no, sh- other than the uh, it's other literally than the-, the only role. There's no fucking dead people. That no is Fox's fucking dead people. only rule. Yeah, because I tell you, those new newscasters on Fox got legs for days. I don't know what that's about. So Rating. Chris Carter described it. When I handed the script in, it was really for a necrophiliac episode, and that just didn't fly. You cannot do the combination of sex and death on network TV. So it says, it continues by saying, Carter was forced to tone down the script by changing faster from a necrophiliac to a death fetishist and diminishing his sexual obsession. He considered the sexual content was implied and understood by audience. Absolutely. Absolutely. I assume he's fucking them. And he doesn't need to tell us. He doesn't need to be overt. No, you see it. Like in mm-hmm. in how in, in how he approaches the women and how he yes. looks at them. Especially and, when we get to that night school class. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> well, not to keep going off on tangents, but I'll say this. You know, sometimes I there's been times I've thought about X Files and been like, "Yo, man, what if what if X Files was like a Netflix original right now? What if they Forget didn't it. have like network standards, Fox bullshit to tow, you mm-hmm. know, and they could kind of get out there a little bit more?" But honestly, I feel like 
one of the things X-Files does very well, and you can say partly it's by by necessity, but also I think partly by, by design. design, is is what they don't show. Agreed. And I think I think it's a real strength of the show. There's a there's a numerous times in this episode in particular in when they cut from things, what they show, what they talk about. I think it adds a lot to it because the, the strength of X Files is not, in my opinion, like the shit you see, the gratuity, right? Yeah, not at all. Like honestly, Although, I'll say when right they now, decide to do it right home when they did home, oh. that was like okay, good, yeah, because it's weird gratuity. Yep, and it and it. Raises the impact of it because they sure. it's not just like always in your face, right? Right, of course. So, I, I will say this the episode's original title I think I like better Fascination. Fascination, yeah, Instead like he just can't, he just can't get, he just can't stop, like he's totally enthralled. Because I, I was like, what the fuck is irresistible mean at first? And then I was like, oh, he can't resist doing what he does, yeah, it, yeah, it's kind of uh, it's kind of weird. Maybe it's too. Maybe fascination's too fantastical. Like it's too fantasy-like. Fascination could mean kind of sounds uh, more more implicit in sexuality. No, because that wouldn't work. Eh, whatever. It, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's not as uh, fascination seems too on the nose. No, like less uh, less intense. I gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah, more like I. I. It's from afar versus literally physically. Like. I find I gotcha. that butt fascinating, or I find that butt irresistible. Right. Which gotcha. which butt are you more likely to get up in? One hundred percent irresistible, because fascinating could mean I'm fascinated by it for reasons that are not in fact sexual. Right. More like scient- scientifically fascinated <laughs> by how it could perhaps be so huge. Yeah. Right. Or non-existent. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess you're right. I I I think I'm. I think I'm. I originally thought I liked that, but the more I think about it, maybe I don't. Hmm. Anyway, good stuff. Either way, this episode, and uh, boy, this guy, later in the funeral home, we have quite a a moment. Mm. Morty uh, with a popsicle, heading Mm. down, down, (laughs) you know, just just Morty being a mortician, heading to a morgue, like whatever, the funeral home basement at 10 o'clock at night with a popsicle, just kind of humming to himself. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's a noise, and... Freaked, right? You know, kind of spooked. He turns. He's he's challenging the darkness in a really mm-hmm. masculine, really assertive way. And yeah, fucking with a popsicle balls deep in his mouth. <laughs> Real. Who, Real. who is that? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he didn't have the decency to have a root beer one. He's got some blue shit. <laughs> I don't know. And he sees like a shape rise from behind Dude. a coffin. That was awesome. Yeah. When it's just it's just a dark silhouette with no definition. Right. Awesome. And you're fired, Mr. Faster. Yeah. You don't stand up like that, like a slow creep in the darkness. <laughs> That's not allowed at this workplace. Identify yourself in the dark around corpses. <laughs> And then, okay. then there's the flash back to it a second time, and that's Oof. the first time we see that demon shape. It's fucking creepy. This is what you're talking about, right? This is very, mm. this could be Bram Stoker's Yeah, Dracula. pointed shoulders, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Angular, weird, kind of alien looking. Yeah, it's bat-like in a sense, mm-hmm. without the wings. Yeah. Oof. Long fingers, yeah, it's creepy. And I said, yay, what yeah. the fuck? Goes for the lights, just Donnie. Just Donnie, hey, Donnie. kind of sweaty with scissors. Mm. Hey. Super. What, what are you doing? Nothing. Just some blonde hair strewn about. 
Mm. Gave her a little bit of a check out her new haircut though. What do you think? It's like Joan Jet, dude. Joan Jet in my <laughs> in my notes, bro. He's just, really yeah, dude. He's just a big eighties eighties rock fan. He's like, I wanna I wanna tease this up a little because I know I love rock and roll. I know she loves rock and roll. <laughs> hey, it's not weird, man. That that little blonde boy that died, and now he he's in a grave looking like Billy Otto right now. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, he. Uh, I I didn't quite rock the cradle of love. I <laughs> killed the. Cr- All right, I'm done. Yeah, okay. But you're so, fired. Yeah, you're fired. <laughs> and you're fired. this is something Post-haste. I I forgot. I remembered how creepy he was. Like, I, dude, Donnie Faster. I I remember a lot of it. What I didn't remember in the first time you really, I mean, you see it right here in this opening scene, is this is a physically imposing dude. Yeah, he's Especially tall. Especially next to Morty's little weak ass. But, dude, he's tall. Yeah. He's big. I mean, he's... Yeah. He's filled he's, out. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's filled out. He can... That's a, that's a like, back alley prostitute murdering body. Yeah, yeah. That, that those, was a body built to overpower and murder a woman. For sure. Yeah, he's six two and a half, if you're wondering. Mm. Um, but he is filled out. He definitely, he definitely has uh, hands that go nicely around small, slender white necks. Like like Morty's or you know, mm. and I yeah, or, or 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 yeah, like Morty's neck or perhaps one of these Minnesota streetwalkers. You haven't seen this episode for a while. Did you think no. Morty was in uh, mortal peril here? If you didn't remember it, I wasn't sure what what his fate was going to be, but I thought you best. I thought to myself, "Don't poke the bear," because <laughs> you're going to be right in that box in a minute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then I thought. If this guy murders this dude, if he does work for him, I mean, he's going to be the first suspect if he's murdered at work. So I thought, ooh, uh, maybe he's maybe he's mentally putting him in the book of I'm going to kill you list. Yeah. But nope. I thought, ooh. He, he takes I, I, I was concerned. Leaves. After, yeah. after a, a, a lengthy, a pregnant pause, if you will. There's a few. Um, and uh, then we get the credits. And we come back and Grave like uh, many X-Files episodes, we reopen on a graveyard. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. why I love this show, man. Agent Box. I love his fucking name. So quick tangent. Uh, there, This is so weird. Weird simpatico on my TV watching. But I uh, recently watched the HBO miniseries called The Night Of... And uh, it is a, uh, it's, it's, it was, a, I really liked it. I thought it was a cool show. It's about a, a person who is accused of murder. You're not sure if they did it. There was drugs and unconsciousness involved. And uh, the, the, the police officer is this older, about to retire, receding hairline, heavy set guy named Box. And he's just perfectly described. So when this guy's name was Box, I was like, ah, no, no way. This is not Box. The other guy's Box. Nice. But I just thought it's a cool name for a detective, Detective Box. Hmm. It was just perfect for the show. So anyway, continue. So <clears throat> Agent Box is is basically like a, he's like a satellite X-Files rep, it almost sounds like. <laughs> not literally, so. but the way he described himself, he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, whenever the local PD, they find something weird they can't explain that everybody knows, you call up Box. Yeah. And then, uh, what, what is he, a fencer? Does he just get you in touch with the people you need to get in touch with to solve crimes? Because he... What he, does he actually do? He doesn't solve crimes, I'll tell you that much. No, he sure fucking doesn't. He stumbles his ass into a clue later. He's but. like, I, I called uh, 
mutual UFO network, you know, and it, I yeah. figured it was aliens. This is what they like to do to cows and people, you know. He's <laughs> open-minded. I guess we give him credit for that. Yes, that's true. He hasn't seen anything in 22 years. Uh, Box calls a guy named Mufone, who said to call Mulder, I guess. No, Mufone is the mutual UFO network, Dean. Jesus. Oh shit! My bad. <laughs> he is he is not a Persian man named <laughs> Mufon. I was wondering, is this guy from fucking? Where's this dude from? Um, I am Iranian, bro. Check this out. Uh, no, I guess not. But he does suspect alien stuff, like you said. Yeah, of course. You know, the hair removed, fingernails removed. Mm. Um, we see. Mulder a- says, "Stop it. That's not what it is." Yeah, it's fine. It's not um, any of these things. It's surprising. Mulder goes full practical here. And he's not wrong because he's Mulder. No. He's like, look for backhoe tracks. It's probably He probably doesn't work here, but he's been here before, maybe in the funeral business. Look around. You'll you'll track the backhoe back. Uh, look around for, you know, local perps with violent crimes, blah, 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 blah. Because and, uh, you're a 55-year-old FBI agent that doesn't know to do these things. Yeah. Look for backhoe tracks. They're real hard to spot. <laughs> You fucking nitwit. Do something for Mulder. No, he just rolls up and he's like, probably aliens. This guy yeah, is goes, like, this guy is, <laughs> is Mulder in 20 years. This is Mulder with some sort of head trauma. He gets reassigned to Tulsa. All his dreams are dead. <laughs> Scully got married, moved on with her life. And he's yeah. just, he shows up to any case and he's like, ah, oh, it's probably aliens. <laughs> Literally walking over and through evidence. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, Fox just, uh, I think it's just a car stereo that was stolen out of the car. Yeah, probably mm, by aliens. Probably aliens. Uh, can you guys give me a push? I'm stuck in these huge backhoe tracks. <laughs> <laughs> look at these, look at these impressions here. These big square indents. This must've been where the craft landed. <laughs> Those are the stabilizers nope. of the backhoe. Certainly, certainly Goodyear tires. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, so... Immediately, we see Mulder, you know, cool, calm, collected. We talk a little bit, you know, he mentions his violent crimes background. He's seen this stuff here before. We see Scully affected. Instantly. Immediately. Instantly. Looking down at this at this twisted female body. Um, they start walking back to the car, and she's, like, kind of surprised. That, you know, Mulder seemed, seemed very unaffected by this. And, he, you know, he talks about, like, yeah, where he'd seen this before, and... You know, people like that out there. Some people collect salt and pepper shakers. Some people collect fingernails and hair. Mm. Sure. Great. And, oh, by the way, got football tickets, so that should cheer you up. <laughs> right. Why uh, Why are we here? If you if you already didn't think there was an X-Files. Oh, Vikings, Redskins. Yeah. Boom. Viking, fucking, the Andre Carter days, who mm. keeps looking at the TV screen. That was cool. Yeah. So back to the interview, or, or should I say to the interview, not back to it. Yeah. Dude. Um, I'm, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, Josh. Sure. Uh, first we got to talk about Marilyn. She's the person interviewing him. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think she's qualified to ascertain if the person working for them is a able or B not a crazy person. <laughs> she's so smitten with him. Like immediately. If you compliment my was, lipstick, oof. I, I will, I will plaster this, this shade all over your shaft. You yeah, want Indian apparently. summer from from base to is that what it was called? Indian summer, I believe. Indian summer. Yeah. Well, he likes that lipstick. Mm-hmm. Uh, he claims to be studying religion, comparative religion, uh, and uh, we learn that Mister Ficcicello prides himself on his honest employees. I forget about it. So, uh, Mister Faster has his bitch all wrapped up. 
so let me ask you something right here, Dean. Go. It's kind of a weird place to bring it up, but um, the demon thing, right? Yes, sir. Is Donnie Faster actually a demon or is he not? Right, because I bring it up here because I think it it could be an interesting allusion to it. I th- I feel like the episode wants to to leave it somewhat open ended, whether it's a perception matter, whether he really is. When he talks about comparative religion, no, I'm very religious. You know, obviously you could just be saying that to sound better and get a job, but is it like mm-hmm. a kind of tongue in cheek because he's a goddamn demon, um, or, or what do you think? It is a very good question that. Had Scully seen him alone, the fact that two different people saw him as the same image makes me suspicious that this is more than just a uh, 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 an escalating fetishist who wants to eventually become a serial killer. Uh, but if... So you know what I'm saying? So yeah. not only does this guy see her one way, Scully sees her another way. They're the only two that see him this way, and uh, they couldn't be more different, these two people. And that's what makes it complicated for me, is that right there. Well, both Morty and Scully work with a lot of dead bodies. It's true. Okay. Both have similar physical builds. They have a lot in that's, common. That's true. They both have skinny <laughs> white necks. Um, um, I know what you're saying from a... Meta? Meta. Well, also, I mean, just makes sense. Um, and I will say this, too. Straight up X-Files ends up... Donnie Fast comes back. There's oh, a, he does. Yeah, it's in. I did not know that. It's a late season. It's seven or eight, I think. Okay. Um, and it's he's a demon, but he I'm, is a demon. Yeah, but I'm going to go prequels or I'm sorry, remakes. You're going retcon. I'm going yeah, retcon. Fucking yeah. Han shot first. I don't think he's a demon because I think it's more interesting that way. Yeah, and we we yeah, can continue and, and, to touch on it as we go through. We can. I mean, I think it's explicitly stated that he he wasn't. In in when they originally conceived the idea, I think I think production has admitted as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things they talk about was uh, there were report Carter Carter uh, Carter himself says uh, the scene where Dana imagines Faster appearing as a devil was influenced by real life accounts as described by Carter. Quote: There are reports of people who had been under the spell of Jeffrey Dahmer actually claimed that he shapeshifted during those hours when they were held hostage. That's that fucking he, awesome. Unreal. Wow. That his image actually changed, close quotes. Nutter said... Holy in shit, many, dude. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. Uh, uh, in many ways, Chris wanted to tell the idea that as established in Mulder's closing dialogue in the show, not all terror comes from the paranormal. It could come. It could come from the person next door. Yeah, and then uh, they wreck on that shit. Totally. Yeah. 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 They just wanted so, to bring back that character because he's awesome. Because he's awesome. He's a great actor. So, yeah. yeah. It, the, I, the only, the only thing that's by the a way, problem. It's the, this, in case somebody wants to know, the episode is Orison, uh, Orison, okay. whatever, season seven, episode seven. Okay. I haven't seen yeah. it in years. But. The, only, the only thing that's a little funky is them seeing the same image. It would be cool if they each saw a different image, but that could have been budgetary concerns. I don't know. Yeah. Something it, that manifests itself as a demonic to them. Um, because that, that's not really like a traditional, this is the devil that everyone would see, you know, pitchfork and horns. Good, so. good point. Good point. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway. So back to box. Um, back he's, to box. He's watching the game and Mulder and Scully walk in. So obviously they're not at the game. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Had we, to got, miss it. we got some more bodies getting dug up. Okay. Super. Cut the hair with his pinking shears. Um, three bodies in two days. Cut hair and fingernails. Mulder says, out. I got a question for you. Mulder says, hey, good thing he wasn't down there with his hairdryer and his dippity-doo. 
I don't know what the fuck Dippity Do is. Is that some sort of hair product? I I don't know. You don't know he's a cosmetologist at this point. It's like no, he, it is a hair product. If oh. you must know, I thought it was uh, like Dippity Do. That was like a Minnesota euphemism for his penis. <laughs> nope. It's in fact a uh, style your hair with this stuff. Dippity Do original Dippity Do with curls. Curl Geely sold at Walgreens. If you must know. Hmm. Uh, black and white photos of girls using it to curl their hair. So it definitely is a 70s thing. Hey, you can, uh, you know, on LibertyStreetGeek.net, our, our homepage, you can access the Amazon link and you can get your own dippity do shipped right to you at no extra cost. Kick us a couple bucks, you know? How about that? Yeah. That is a great point, good sir. Thanks. Yeah. In fact, if you just bookmark Amazon.LibertyStreetGeek.net, you can always shop through our portal, cost you zero, gives us a kickback. What? Whore it out, baby. So if you want that dippity do, mm-hmm. mm hmm. Scully's disturbed. Yeah, she's as they're talking. I like this how this is like Mulder and Box continue talking. Scully's looking through the crime scene pictures, right? And she, she just is. freaks. She just shuts what, it. Was one of them walks supposed out. to look like her? I wondered that too, dude. I I, 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 I watched it a couple times. I'm like, is that supposed to be dead Scully? I backed it up, and it it's not. I don't think it's her, but it, I mean, it looks kind of similar. Darker Maybe hair, that's just what exactly it is. Her. Yeah. Um. But she just, she doesn't say a word. She just leaves. Like, walks between them and out. Yeah. Um, Mulder and Scully kind of, or I'm sorry, Mulder and Box kind of stop for a second. They keep right on talking. And Mulder. Alert Metro. Yep. Alert the Metro PD. We got an escalating fetishist. Eyes only, press release. Do all these things. Mm-hmm. And Box is, Box is being Box. And, um, you know, hey, people around here, they don't lock their doors. They aren't like that. People don't want to believe in that kind of thing. You don't want to scare them. Okay. Well, he's going to become a murderer soon, so lock your fucking doors, you stupid person. Okay? Lock him up. Um, Well, we're limited in our resources, and that's when Mulder starts to realize we're not going home, because this guy can't handle it. Yep. And I think this is that's good, kind of how it's set up. It it, it kind of sells you on. Mulder's like, all right, we got to stick around here. Yeah, for sure. Tell Scully. This is not this guy's forte. She, what is his forte? I don't know. Maybe he's just a dynamite guy, like bagging on like white collar dudes, like, you know, the pyramid scheme guys. Maybe he's just a fucking machine at that shit. And, and aliens? And aliens. <laughs> they don't compute, do they? No. <laughs> I mean, he's got a billion dollars. It must be aliens. Ooh, ooh. I'm going to call somebody. Maybe he's an anti Scientologist kind of uh, guy. So, like, Scientology, isn't that involve pyramid schemes and aliens? Or am I mixing mm. something up? You're mixing it up. But. Okay. There's no aliens in Scientology? Yeah, there is actually. Okay. No, 100% is. Yeah, alien gods, in fact. All right. I don't know. There you go. We can get Tom Cruise on the line afterwards. All right. So. Well, flight's canceled. Lots of work to do. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Scully's pretty badly affected. And then we get right into uh, something X-Files always does well is the voiceover. Yeah, this is some dynamite observations by her. I say sarcastically. <laughs> he has misplaced values. He's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> he could be acting out fantasies, possible homicidal. <laughs> I'm just teasing. It's done cool. It's stylistically, I like. I'm just being a douche. Likely white and average. Could have a high IQ, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect her to say that. Uh, could have a deep motive we don't understand. Well, I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. <laughs> Chewy, take the professor in the back. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not exactly uh, breathtaking. But what I do like is it shows Scully... Grounded. 
right? Yeah. We see her affected, and then we see her right back in her element, right? Being analytical, being objective. What she's saying is certainly far from earth-shattering. But we see her she like... She says something cool, though. She says, sometimes it's easier to believe in aliens than real evil. Yes. I like that. Great. Um, cut to uh, the old red light district. Yeah. Hey there, you want me to get to churn the butter there, baby? Huh? You want me to take that all the way in there? Okay, there. Dude, dirty talk from like a Minnesota girl. Oh, yeah. Awful. Come on over here. Bring it in there. Okay. You like my feet? (laughs) I just pulled them out of my duck boots. It's real snowy and wet here. What? Where is this going? I am not an escalating fetishist. This is not working. No. A bunch of Minnesota eights, though. I yeah. mean, this red light district, if you're going to go to a red light district, I'm going to this one. A bunch mean, of Minnesota eights. For, for street prostitutes, they look yeah. pretty, Are you pretty kidding? solid, dude. Yeah. It looks solid. like, I was like, what is this, like hooker with a hotter girl, gold? It's like her second day on the job. <laughs> yeah. They, first of all, they definitely get three square a day. Absolutely. And maybe a brownie. And or guess some what? sort of dessert. None of them look like they're hooked on smack. They're no. just, what are they just like working through, like putting themselves through night school? Putting themselves through night school, of course. Probably day they're going to be doctors. I guess, dude. They're going to be doctors. The hours worked, but um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've, 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 uh, I'm pretty sure real life um, street side kind of hookers look closer to like a like a weather dock than that girl. Yeah, but, I think hey, so. Nobody wants to watch that episode. Pull it out there, okay? <laughs> uh, so Mr. Faster picks him up, a sexy blonde one. And What uh, do you think her name is? I think her don't name... In, don't look in the credits. I'm not looking. One word. It's one, one word. Wor- it's one word, and it is a material. Oh, then I know, because they say it in the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Satin. Sorry to burst your bubble. Yep. Satin, yeah. Um, Satin sheets are very romantic. Uh, Fucking Hannibal Lecter over here. Also shot well. How when she leans in the car, just the camera angle. It, oh, it, I know. It focuses on the hair, even though it's geometrically it's framed around her face. But because sure. of kind of the perspective, the hair is the the strength Focal, of, the, of the, the shot, point. And, yeah. which is awesome because we we see what Donnie's looking at. Yeah. Um. Which is what a time to be a killer. Like pre-internet. Uh, pre-internet. A B. Um. Um. I think what we see here is the big hair of the 80s is probably where he developed his fetish. Oh, yeah. But in the 90s, hair was still solid. It was still sort of big. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is, I mean, it's a good time. It's a good time for him. It's yeah. a good time. Better than now, for sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. God, he would you know? He would get nowhere. He would just go flat. He probably have saw to, that like half shaved like look yeah, that's big now. For sure. Yeah, he'd have to, nothing. you know what he'd have to do? He 100% have to take out three Minnesota eights a night just to get one of piece it that together. one. Yeah. I don't think Maybe it does a, as much for him, dude. No way. No. There's no way. The big blonde hair dangling all over him. Mm. Mm. I was thinking a couple hours. Yeah. <clears throat> I made bubble bath. So she's she she's uh she's got some good instincts here too. She goes back Awful to his instincts. house, obviously. Yeah, first day on the job, which is unfortunate. Hey, there's no heat here. Yeah, that's normal, right? In fucking soda, the it's cold as shit in Minnesota, dude. Dude, the way he talks is so fucking creepy. It's yeah. he. It always takes him like two seconds to start talking, and then yeah. the words he chooses are like awkward, forced and air unit. 
like that. The forced air unit is I'd not like working. to run you a bath. Oh, man. Sure. Dude. Okay. Uh, first of all, you got to be careful here with well, bath stuff. It, I'm not going to lie. If I was going to pick up a street hooker. I like your style. I wouldn't mind if she ran one through. At least, at least take the spigot to the crotch area. Yeah. But mm-hmm. a full mm-hmm. bath, you know, whatever. Yeah. Not bad. Um, but she doesn't really take the hints. Um, no. She has awful instincts. Yeah. You want to shampoo my hair? Well, do you have chemically treated hair? It would be the first question I'd ask you, Josh. Right. Which I actually like because it's of course. His, his way of finding out, is she a real blonde, right? Mm. Yeah. And of course, she's well, a natural blonde, and that's why she's a pretty attractive natural blonde, and that's what got her out there. Yeah. Come on. She's a nice looking lady. But Definitely great shot of the... I love the shot of her putting her foot up on the fucking Ooh. toilet. And you see and his the shot under just, his legs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dude. Just looking at those fingernails. Oh, my God. Like, he's his hungry eye look is so unsettling. <laughs> oh Whenever he... He just stands up slowly, looks at her, says, excuse me, and walks away. I'm thinking he's got to rub one out. <laughs> Good thing you're not freak, wearing right? sweatpants. No, but the phone's ringing is the problem. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's Marilyn. Good news. Mr. Ficicello wants to give him a job, right? Mm-hmm. And while on the phone, the hooker walks in and sees... Whoa, whoa, whoa. She's a working room. girl, Dean. Yeah, oh, sorry. Okay. Hey, just in my time, it's so cold. Why'd you make a cold bubble bath, you fruitcake? <laughs> That's be the first question. The second question is, what the fuck's with the flowers? Yeah. It's all funeral wreaths. <clears throat> mm-hmm. He has like six sets of funeral arrangements around his bed. That is boner jams. <laughs> that is that's awesome because that's so disturbing at like such a unconventional way. Absolutely, you know what I mean. Even, it's, it's not yeah, like there's oh, yeah. fucking heads mounted. Yeah, on his too wall. easy, too easy. No, like dying funeral arrangements on his headboard. Yeah. What? What? Even Dracula's like this is too fucked up for me. <laughs> fucking flies out the window as a bat. <laughs> See ya. Oh, man. Um, Gross. And again, she freaks, as yeah, she should. She freaks. He does the T-1000 <sighs> stride you know what? to her. Uh, let's be real. She, here, here's, now, we've already ascertained that Donnie Faster's body is built to murder the fairer sex. Mm-hmm. In his mind as well. But this is the problem with these Midwestern girls. They're just too nice. If this was an she East Coast Baltimore hooker. Yeah. I'm thinking it would have been a fight. Oh, yeah. Definitely some blows and scratching and, and screaming. And she just sort of backs away, clutching that towel, which you're not going to have to worry about that in a minute. Yeah, awfully modest for someone who sells their body for sex. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I wanted, a, definitely I wanted more East, of a fight. East Coast but... hooker has a, has a shiv. Never yeah, I, more than arms. Has reach. a shiv. Probably can throw a hook. Yep. Did box and burn for a minute. Mm-hmm. Will probably has bit a pecker off. Hundred percent. He's gonna win. Yeah, he's right? gonna win, but not just not this one. He's gonna he's gonna know he's been in a fight though. Um you know what? He's gonna look like uh the other guy that we eventually see. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew McConaughey from True Detective in the uh in the lockup. <laughs> Talking about flat circles. <laughs> <laughs> Yo man, did I leave my Lincoln running? <laughs> You know what, dude? I got to say this. Um, one of the things I think is awesome about this episode is is that 
We learn that this gentleman, and I use that term loosely, Donnie Faster, is an escalating fetishist. So you could say that Satin, is that her name? Yeah. Is his first kill. Yes, I think so. And And it's clumsy. He doesn't take her unawares. He has to go after her. He fucks up. He doesn't yep. do it right. He spooks her. He doesn't take her unawares. He doesn't capture her and restrain her. He's just like, all right, I'll just, like you said, T-1000 walk at her. <laughs> yeah. That's a nice towel. Because <laughs> he has no... He And I like that. He fucks up. Yeah. And, he, and it becomes a thing, a struggle. And I like that. And that's what we, we see that he's... This isn't like fucking Ted Bundy, six murders in. I like that he... I genu- genuinely believe that he doesn't fucking know what's what normal is really sure like when he when he says like when he's talking about shampoo in the hair and he's like I'll, I'll pay extra if that's not something usually asked for <laughs> like oh oh really if it isn't yeah. and like when she I was like she is he being in, normal or is he doing a fucking set right now is he she, try, is he being funny <laughs> <laughs> And she's like looking around at the funeral arrangements. I don't know if like I don't know if he realizes like how horrifying that is to a person. Right. He's like, "What? You don't like flowers? Yeah, I thought girls like flowers, Dean. What a pattern! I got you all of the flowers. Mm-hmm. You don't like baths? Oh, you don't like them if if it's thirty five degree water? Oh, right. Okay, <laughs> cold ass Minnesota lake water. Yeah, you don't like that. Mm. So here's again a good uh, a good telling, not showing. Right. Yeah. We, we cut yep. away to night crime scene. Yep. Box is bringing Mulder and Scully over. He's talking about. Uh, looks Somebody's like it's a working girl yep. from the area. A working girl has to be the kindest euphemism in the world. Mm-hmm. Is it not? Sure. I mean, yeah. It's that's a pretty soft way to say that. Yeah. Box is a guy yeah. who probably has partaken. Before. Oh, fucking one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Guess what? He he doesn't get it for free a lot. No, not anymore. No. Not anymore. Yeah. When uh, he was a sergeant on the police force. <laughs> maybe. He's an agent now. He's a big boy. Yeah. yeah. Uh he starts talking uh after they bring they bring the other working girl over to ID the mm-hmm. body. It is indeed uh satin. Um and Mulder's like, Hey, I think it's our boy. And he's uh, talking well, we're kind of focusing on Mulder, but dude. I, I backed it up and turned on the subtitles. Mm. Nifoon along the length of the torso. Yeah. And I don't know if this is because I'm a I'm a fucked up person. I heard that and I, I immediately pictured the last scene and I pictured Donnie like pinning with one hand this girl against the wall and just as she's like alive and he's choking her, just like cutting down the length of the body. I know, dude. That's that's a that's a horrific wound. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Filet of fish, baby. Uh, hair and hair? fingernails pulled out. Got some fingers this time too. Yeah, chicken fingers. Yeah. Um, well, he killed her, so there's that. Skull He's... is gonna need a minute. Mm, yeah, she's having a rough go. Mm-hmm. Poor Scully. Well, do you want to talk about a little bit of that? You want to talk about her escalating issues as this guy escalates? Yeah, let's. Um, what's going on with Scully? What do you think? I think that she almost died. She was abducted. And never quite got over it. Never had time to decompress. I think that's part of her problem. Um, I think it's also some of what she actually says, which is, "This is you." It's easier to believe aliens than it is people. And then, thirdly, the third thing I'm going to say is, is that she doesn't have any experience whatsoever with this. Yep. 
outside of medical, right? She does, she does autopsies, but these people are dead and it's a different situation. I think it's, um, I think she has, I think she's had stuff going on. I think she's had, uh, you know, she lost her dad she got kidnapped. She almost died. She, she's still working and, uh, she doesn't have a lot of experience with this. And I think Mulder yeah. alludes to that later by saying, you know, you guys are 20 years. This is, uh, this is heavy shit. This is the way it's going to go. Yep. And, and especially in the context of the unspoken slash censored of what's actually going on here. You Indeed. Know, banging, banging corpses, right? That's, banging corpses. that's part of this. Right. Um, and I think you're right. I think the number one thing is her recent experiences. And you're right. She threw herself right back into her work. Right back in. I mean, that, doesn't work. that was her coping mechanism for yeah, it. That doesn't work. And yeah, it's definitely affecting her for all the reasons you said. And, you know, it's something interesting, too, that I thought of the second time through watching this episode was she she works with bodies a lot, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And, and she's <clears throat> spent years training. She's a medical doctor, and she's performed countless autopsies as part of the show, right. as part of her profession. And I think that that's got to just enhance it a bit to be have such be have such a you know kind of clinical detachment to bodies and there has to be so much more jarring to to somebody who has that kind of relationship with corpses to think of think of them as a object of desire or affection or or whatever it's mm-hmm. almost it's almost more disturbing to her than it is to an average person who already is freaked out by bodies if that makes sense it doesn't you know it seems I, like it'd be I, weird I think, but yeah i got what you're saying there's a there is a scientific reason that you do an autopsy and it's because you are in some odd way making an attempt to find justice or at least a reason behind why this person who is now deceased has been changed to deceased. Yep. They yep. went from living to dead. And your, and your job is to figure out why and maybe offer some measure of peace or respect or maybe some sort of clue that can apprehend the person responsible. Now she's simply seeing bodies be defiled for defilement's sake. Absolutely, and there's a great there's a great voiceover during autopsy coming up that we'll hit on that touches right on what you're saying. Perfect. That's probably perfect. where I got it. <laughs> um, well, not exactly. You, you said it very well. Good job. Oh, I wasn't, thanks, wasn't, buddy. Wasn't sweeping away from you, you know. Oh, I was sweeping it away from me. Um, well, Mister wh- Faster's gonna do some deliveries, but you got to say something. I'm gonna let's talk about the Broadfields, dude. <laughs> uh, I first, think I'm going to take up a life of crime and move to Minnesota. First it looks off, easy as shit. I will go off on a little bit of a tangent, and like the door open, I'm like, "What do I know this bitch from?" Glennis Davies, right? I had to look her up. First of all, apparently she must love this stuff because she's in like every kind of supernaturally thing. She's in the show Supernatural. R.L. Oh, cool. Stein's Spooksville, Almost Human, <laughs> A Ghost Within, uh, what else here? Uh, Stargate Universe, recurring character on Stargate Universe, uh, another Stargate show. Yeah, SG-1. Um, what was it? There's a couple other things. Outer right? Limits. She's in a lot of Outer Limits. And then I also saw Smallville, a couple other things. Twilight Zone. Dude, she's in two other X-Files episodes. As different characters. Wow. I forgot. Not the first I, time they've done that. Yeah, they, they do that a lot. Because when they shot in Vancouver, it's kind of a small pool. And they kind of like, they like certain people. And they there's a bunch of people that have appeared in three or four episodes. Total mono roles, you know, a handful of lines at most. 
and uh, and play different characters every time. So I do want to make one comment on her IMDb profile. I have not seen a lot of episodes of Supernatural. I know that Damaris Superfan is a huge fan of that show. She loves it. I did see an episode that she did recommend to me called Thin Lizzy, and that's the fucking episode that this lady's in. Oh, no way. Thin Lizzy is about freaking Fall River, Massachusetts' very own... Lizzie Borden? Yeah. Oh, shit. Wild. Jessica and I went to that, that place and did the tour. It was really? wild, dude. Yeah, it was wild. Because you see the crime scene photos, and you're like, like right here that happened? Yikes. It's wild. <laughs> so there you go. Nice connections. All right. Uh, yeah, Donnie's here. Hey, hey, I'm the new delivery guy. Super. Come on in. Fuck my daughter. <laughs> Put your feet up. I'm going to make you a sandwich. Dude, and this uh, is... the doors are always open. And here's my car keys and yeah. my husband's pistol. <laughs> here's my husband's pistols. Hey, um, just so you know, in case we're sleeping, you can get to the our daughters. There are three of them, by the way. You can get to their bedrooms. Just walk up those back stairs right there. If they're locked, you can just... It's just one of the simple locks. You just get to kind of poke something through right there. It'll pop mm-hmm. it open. Mm-hmm. And uh, Julie's hitting puberty right now, so that'd be a good time to get on that. Yeah. And Karen loves leather jackets, so pick one of those up, and you can probably fuck her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Want some cookies? Susie's only nine, but with ice cream, you could probably get her back in your van. <laughs> she really likes clowns, so... Hong hong. But on I, the nose. <laughs> I actually watched this episode with my my lady last night, <clears throat> pre-taking notes, just kind of watching it uh, again. And she was like, what the fuck is wrong with this lady? Like, yeah. she, she that Come was on. the number one thing she focused in about in this episode, which kind of bothered me because I was like, just get past it. Just get past it. Just get past it's it. A great, it's a great episode. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and boy. you know what? It never comes back up. So what is the point of the scene? Just to show um, how horrible this mother is? God, it never does come back. No, up, but no. I think maybe they're just trying to show you the ease in which he can get close to people. I don't know, man. Yeah, I guess so. She's but it was dumb, just dumb. going through. I hadn't seen it, you know, for a while. I've seen it a bunch of times. And I'm like, oh, when does he go back for the daughter? And then it ended. I thought the and same I was thing. like, he didn't. So, so just terrible mother of the year award. All right. No, but I it, maybe yeah, I guess. And then the other thing it's showing us is how he how he cannot resist. Yeah, no, I know I'm I'm being a being an ass, but yeah, no, but sh- you're right. It doesn't show us much. Other it shows than the way he's. I mean, he openly is kind of his gaping ease, at the yeah, daughter. his his ease of operation. Yeah, around these dunces. Yep, but um, dude. Wow, mm. wow. Going through the bathroom of all trashes of all the trashes. <laughs> The bathroom is the worst. That could be the dad's ball hair. Maybe I don't it's know their anniversary it coming up, and he finally got around to his annual bushwhack. Yeah. Get it off the shaft, dude. <laughs> Keep it away from the shaft. And There's a real double I, standard in our, in our country about pubic hair. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, you want to talk about that? Well, it's, it seems super relevant to the episode. <laughs> Why not? We haven't had any tangents so far. Go for it, baby. No, I just think it's unfair that I think, like, a guy would react to a, you know, like a 80s bush, like, with horror, with jokes. But, sure. you know, I don't. I think a lot of guys just go straight groomless. I know this. I've discussed this with people. So you think, like, that's right? Like, you're going to expect, you know, excessive you know, and repetitive, which I do, by the way, I expect this, manicuring of a very sensitive area and just leave your shit to like go willy-nilly like a like the lawn of a haunted house. Yeah, I don't get that. It's not fair. I don't, it's like a fucking... Oh, and then you're surprised when she's not all into licking your balls when she's going on, down on you. <laughs> Shocking. 
<laughs> Why are you going to do that to yourself? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. Well, I don't get it. That's, you got. You got to do. You got to you, you listen. You don't need to be a dolphin. You don't. You don't need to be a dolphin. But straighten. Get. Get it to fucking. Get it together. I guess, <laughs> guys. Get it together is what we're trying to say here. Yeah. Do your mm-hmm. part. Do your part. Do your part. All right. It's twenty. Yeah. It's fucking twenty sixteen. Yeah. All right. We ain't. Listen. We're. We're no. We don't have to run away from saber tooth tigers. Okay. We don't need to forage for berries. C- CBM. Clean balls matter. It's a new yeah. movement. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah. The back door's open. Back door's open. Back at the morgue. All right. Yeah. We get, uh, we get back to here. Scully. And this is a great voiceover. This is intercut with her, like, actually talking through the autopsy. She's going through this. And she's talking about kind of similar to some of the stuff you, you were discussing. Yeah. A body, every body tells a story. We can mm-hmm. learn from it. We can learn about the crime, you know. Etc. But what I just love is a how it is so diametrically opposed to what a body is to Donnie Faster, right? Right. To Scully, it's it's potentially the key. It's the answer to the important questions, to right. the investigations, and it also shows. I think this episode does such a good job of really focusing on Scully pulling back to this very. Which is obviously, it's always part of her character, but the medical objective, you know, this is her comfort zone. And you can, I, I think she's she's pulling herself back to this as a coping mechanism, which obviously comes out a little bit later in discussion. But that's exactly what it's doing, and I think it shows it well in the episode. I gotcha. Yeah. I think I think this is the kind of person, I mean, this is, this is her default, right? Is to work? Yes. Her dad but, died, and all she wanted to do is work. She's disturbed again. Now she just is really getting buried into it as much as she can, but she can't sustain it for too much longer. And that's one of the things I think Jillian Anderson does so brilliantly in this episode is, is we see a gradual unfolding of her versus a immediate breakdown. Yes. And uh, I think if she just broke down, it would be a real disservice to her character who is very strong and professional. I like that she waits until this thing is over to have her moment that she needs to have. Yes. And, but we see it come in. It, it just, it builds yeah, yeah. well. Yeah, it builds yeah. well. 100%. Man. And it goes back and forth. And, and you're right. This is, work as her coping mechanism. And she works by, she uses her mind. She's not she an emotional, you know, empathetic, passionate kind of person in her approach to work. Not to say she's not, you know, passionate and feels strongly about what she does, but her approach is very, you know, methodical and scientific because that's what she yeah. is. She's a scientist. She's a doctor. And it's and it's remarkably similar with humans in the way they cope, because at the end of the day, what you're trying to do is is you're trying to 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 not think about the thing that is causing you grief, or to think about it in a different way, if possible. I think she's doing more of the latter, but I think a lot of people cope simply by distracting themselves mentally and not ever really focusing on the things in their mind. And I yeah, think I do most that all people, the time. I think most people do. Yeah. I think a lot of people definitely do that. Whether it be, I'm going to drink. Whether it be, I'm going to play World of Warcraft for fucking 12 hours a day. Whether it be, and when I say drink, I mean excessively. Anything that to distract you from coping with whatever the fuck is going on in your brain. And uh, she has just found a way to do it professionally, which is handy, right? Yeah. It's awesome. But we do see her slowly unravel. And I think that's what I think is so fucking awesome about this. It's real good. Um, 
Police lineup time, dude. A little usual suspects. Yeah. Give me the keys, you motherfucking cocksucker. <laughs> give me keys, cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, give um, me the keys, you <laughs> fucking cocksucker. <laughs> it's so good. We should do say that the lines. Bonus pod. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, Mulder and Box taking the uh, the other prostitute here through it. Um, Empty. No luck here. They start talking right, and they start working up more of the profile right. And Mulder starts painting more of this profile. This is another thing I know. I've been focusing mostly on Scully, right? And Jillian Anderson, because I think it's more important in this episode. But yeah, one thing it's more I do, about her internally. For sure. One thing I really like about this episode, though, which X-Files does a nice job of reminding us every once in a while, mm-hmm. is that Mulder's a really fucking good investigator. Especially as it relates to this type of stuff, Monty props, right? Right. But Where we, he made his bones. We forget about that because, you know, you when I know when I think of Mulder, you think of... It's probably aliens, right? Like, I mean, we, sure. we we joke around about it on our on this podcast a lot, but you know, Mulder often he goes with gut, he goes with instincts, he emotionally jump, you know, jumps at shit. He gets he gets tied into cases, he gets wrapped mm-hmm. up in stuff, and um, it's it's important to remember that this guy was considered before he became known as Spooky Mulder to be one yeah. of the top. Um, what do you call it? People that draw profiles. Profiler. Profile. <laughs> Awesome. The one who profiles? <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. One of the well, top profilers and, you know, criminal minds, uh, criminal, uh, violent crimes investigators in the FBI. And, yep. and we see him in action here. He's seen, dude, Mulder has seen this shit so many fucking times compared to the average Joe. And it's so ingrained in him. And it's so within his thought pattern. It's so part of the rote of his mind that it's, it, it, I think of it as a chess player. Um, I do not play chess. I know how to play chess. I know how the pieces move, and I understand my objective. But I tell you what, if I play somebody who plays chess or somebody who plays a lot of chess, it's not even close. Because they can see all the moves ahead of time. They can see things their way. It's it's time travel to them. Uh, to, to very quickly use like a UFC metaphor, Damian Maya, this great grappler, he's, 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 he's a master of, of, of jujitsu. And he, I just watched him fight a great fighter, Carlos Conda, and he beat him handily, which is nuts. And you think about, he know everything you do, he knows you're going to do. And that's Mulder. Everything you do, he's seen it a fucking hundred times. He knows exactly what's going to happen. And it's awesome because he so casually knows exactly what's happening this whole episode. And I'm glad you brought it up because I wouldn't have. Yeah. And it's important to remember, dude, he's not even trying. It's it's easy to him. He's it's just, easy. He's talking he's like, through. Yeah, it. this is what's going to happen. He's got issues with women. You know, why does he do this? The hair and fingernails. This this reveals a deeper psychosis. You know, this is someone that Jesus. at a deep level hates women. You know, you got to start. Hey, this didn't. This monster wasn't born overnight. So looking at local, you know, you know, psychiatrist treatment centers. Hundred um, percent. Yes. You know, he he just. You're exactly right. It's a perfect metaphor. He's like a chess player. He's he's thinking a couple steps ahead. It just he happened to get super unlucky. And have this guy see Scully, right? And here's what I like about this. And this should be noted, although it should be implicit in our example, but or at least implied, that the the actor in this case, and I don't mean that as in thespian, I mean that in Donnie Faster, doesn't even realize that Mulder knows what he's going to do before this guy does. Absolutely not. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. I don't think Donnie Faster knows what Donnie Faster is about to do. Precisely. And I think that's the chess metaphor. 
Yep. <laughs> you fucking, you're playing the Russian grandmaster. Dude, when he puts a piece somewhere, he knows what you're going to do. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's great. Crazy. Great metaphor. Grazie. Um, oh boy, this is a moment in this episode, isn't it? Yeah. And speaking of not knowing what you're going to do, Donnie doesn't have a very good plan here. No, he doesn't. Oh, we should mention that he does. Mulder explains that he's after trophies. What's important? Death isn't enough. He wants to defile them. Hatred of women. Mother issues. This kind of monster's not made overnight. Yeah, you said all that. Sorry. Yep. Uh, dude, this is my favorite moment by Nick Chunland. And it sounds so simple. And I do want to credit whoever's behind the camera on this. But the way he looked at this blonde woman. When they're in class? Yes. Ooh. And he is, dude, he looks drunk on sex. Yeah. Doesn't he? Yes, dude. His his half-closed eyes. I and, expect like, oh, Dreamweaver. Right? If it wasn't so fucked up, it would be Dreamweaver. Right? And then we get his POV, and again, it's you see her hand come up, right? Yes. Kind of reaching for the back of her neck, fingernails, and hair. And, and you're it like, just zooms oh, in on my it. God. And then that's what he's looking at. He's not looking at a person, right? No. He's looking at just... The, the objects. Yes. The objects of his desire. Um, this girl's probably not from Minneapolis originally. She probably moved out there from like Providence. I think so. Yeah. Cause, <laughs> Fair cause, enough. Because she's got, she's got some guard to her. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. hey. When, when a weird guy <laughs> with a fucking creepy voice standing across your car from you, you know, says, clears his throat at you as you're getting into your car at night, <laughs> she's on guard. Good for you. Surely you're not going to murder me. Surely, maybe maybe your mom should call fucking Ellen Broomfield there and maybe give her a little good parenting lesson. Jesus, yeah, and she and she does fight. Does she? Doesn't she literally fight back, dude? It, she, it's great here. She she's obviously spooked and increasingly so, and very defensive. And Donnie tries to kind of ease her and says like. Uh, I was wondering, are we supposed to read like what chapters, right? And she, oh, right. she yeah, seems he, like a little relieved, but then he walks up. over and then he puts his hand on the door. That's normal. She says, I have to leave. Take your hand off the door. And he says, stay. No hesitation. Ball blast, run for help. Right. Awesome That's what it job. was. She ball blasted him. I couldn't remember where she actually hit him. Yeah. Um, um, by the yeah, way, the, this the, is... uh, what was our homework? I, dude, I've used that line know, <laughs> many times in my day. <laughs> Many yeah. times. Yeah. Never got kicked in the balls. I'm not saying it always went great. But. I don't think you quite have the creepy countenance <laughs> this man does. <laughs> Just going to say that right up front here. Thanks. Uh, but he is so awkward. Yeah, dude. And that's he, what we're saying. He is escalating. He he is so unplanned. And that's what I like about this. This I is why Irresistible her. is a better title than Fascination. You're, yes, 100%, right? He cannot yes. resist. He has no fucking plan here. This no. is a terrible idea. Awful. And it, but he just can't, he, he's getting to the point he just can't stop himself. And I guess that's the point of the last scene, right? That yeah. is the, you know, he went out to the prostitute. Now he's in public. Like, he's he was at this, you know, person's house and he's staring openly at the daughter. Thank God she's fucking clueless. Um, and now he's in class and he just can't stop himself from going over to her. Yes. And this is a, the show does a good job here, right? We, it does. We cut away from this. Yeah, this is slick. Um, well, I'm sorry. Scully has the little dream sequence, right? Yep. She pulls yep. back the sheet, sees her face, and then the quick flash to the demon, then wakes up to the phone ringing. Mother right. says, we have the guy. This is, this is a clever little yeah, writing awesome. thing, right? They go right to the holding pen. <clears throat> yep. Hey. And it's 
right, all right, all right. Flat circles. Yeah. yeah, it's him, but boy, what a great shot here when we reveal you know who in the adjacent cell. Yeah, that's nice. Oof. This is a good setup. Um they they interview th- that perp, right? And yep. it's just good job making use of time. We kind of hear that in the background and we see Donnie just kind of straining to listen. Um, awesome. And then there we don't have to sit through the interview, right? It's irrelevant. It's not correct. We just see them finishing up, leaving. Mulder's like, it's not our guy. Pox is like, damn it. Like they, they all know it's it's not him. Right. Um Dude. Scully's on edge. She yeah, looks time back passes and sees right. Donnie look at him and she's mm-hmm. like <sighs> needs to talk to Mulder one on one. Yes. She brings up I I think She wants to fuck out. Right. But she didn't say that. She says I no. I think I would do a better job focusing on the evidence. What do you mean? And, I'll take the body, I'll go back to DC, go to the fingerprint lab, and and Mulder this I is like something this. I bust Mulder's balls about on the show is having very little emotional empathy. Right. Hey Scully, your dad died yesterday. How are you feeling? Right? <laughs> right. He's got he's got some here. He know he knows Scully. He's like, you know, if this is bothering you, you, you can tell me. It, it's okay. And she, and she right. she denies it. She lies to Mulder. Yes. Right? But he um knows. he knows and and he doesn't call her out on it. He's nope. like, "Okay. All right, take the body back. That's a good idea." Uh, I, I like this. I like that Mulder gets it. I like that he lets it go. And I like that Scully lies about it. Yeah, me too. Um, so after they exit, Donnie's talking to um, Faster. McConaughey. Oh, Faster's talking to McConaughey, yep. And, you know, asks who they are. You know, uh, yeah, a couple FBI are asking me about this. Um, Donnie wants to know the names. He remembers Scully, like the baseball yep. announcer, which yep. is kind of funny because that's where the name came from. Right, oh, no Scully. Shit. Yeah, he was the Dodgers announcer. Cool. Uh, Chris Carter is a huge like Dodgers fan. Makes um, sense. That's what the character was named after. Um, and then Donnie gets let out. Ladies dropping yeah. charges. She don't want to go through it. She's in class. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming he's going to get dropped from that class, but I don't know. <laughs> he's freed. He has to go see a shrink apparently. Um, but Scully, we go back to Scully at the FBI building looking for a print. No such luck. Apparently, the killer wore gloves, according to this man. And uh, she's like, well, the body came with me, and uh, but I have a flight back to Minneapolis tonight, but I may end up canceling. So she is gone, right? She's. This is back in D.C. Yeah. Right, yeah, with the that, body. She brought yes. it with her. That's yep. pretty cool. As she said, I'm going to yeah. examine the evidence, which is what she's doing. But uh, we then move over to Scully going to see a therapist. Yeah, and the way it happens, it kind of seems like she doesn't walk right to the door. She's walking down the hall, and she kind of stops. And then she turns back to her right and goes in. And then she's yep. in there with the therapist. Awesome. Not to keep uh, hogging the mic, dude, but I love this scene. Go for it. This is fucking great. Awesome. She's, she is so good here. Because th- this, this bitch, this shrink, does nothing. Just no. nothing. You know? <clears throat> All Scully needs is to be able to... She needs somebody to voice this stuff to. Correct. Right? Correct. She knows herself, right? The way she's talking through it, she's objectively, analytically talking through what's going on with her, why she's having such a hard time. And, she, you know, the shrink gives her the prompting questions. Um, About speaking in the second person. S- speaking in the second person, right? Awesome. Cool. And But she realizes immediately, you know, why do you think they're doing that? She's like, well, it's probably another coping mechanism. It's, it's another way that I'm, I'm dealing with this. Um, they talk about her recent background, right? Her father having passed away. Yep. And and she's like, yeah, I, I know all this. She understands 
you know, but this is still my job. And they talk about the partner, and she talks about how she doesn't want him to know how much it's affecting her. It's not a trust right. issue. She doesn't want him to feel like he needs to protect her. She and doesn't I, want to burden him. Right. And I just think this is just, it's good writing. It's good character-like writing. This is true to Scully. Yeah. You can really fuck up a character in these moments. You can really reduce Dana Scully to just a blabbering, stupid female character. But you don't. You Not keep her being close. 100% strong. Not only her self-awareness here is completely and utterly admirable. I don't know, but I would imagine that, well, I'll speak for me because I'm not going to speak for women. When I watch Scully in this environment, it is awesome and it's refreshing to see somebody who is aware of their hangups and know that you're not less for them and that you can wrap your head around a way to go about dealing with them. Because you can rationalize when you stop and you think, and you think, okay, I'm not being rational. I know this is what's going on here. And I know it's causing stress with my partner. I don't want him to feel that stress. I don't want to be a burden on him. It just shows you how much respect she has for herself, not just Mulder, but for herself. And that's what I like about Scully. She has a ton of self-respect. She's just an admirable character through and through. And we're seeing her really vulnerable here. Yes. But also strong in the face of that. Yes. Very three-dimensional. And she's like, you know, and she says it. She's like, I understand there's monsters in the world, but it's my job to protect people from them. Like, Mm -hmm. I need to do my fucking job, and I'm having a hard time doing it well, so I need to talk through this. I need to cope with this. And then she does, right? They find a print, and she's fucking back on a plane. She calls Mulder, and and he's like, are you coming back? And he's like, yeah, I'm I'm coming back on the next flight. Here's what makes the character. You don't need to. Right. He, right. Well, before, if if I may, I just want to say one oh, more yeah, thing yeah, about this course. shrink session. There is no, I was, I was having a conversation with a good friend of mine, uh, not that long ago via texts. And we were making some kind of dumb joke about something, but, um, uh, the, the incredible Hulk came up and I was like, Oh wow. I'm the incredible Hulk. Wow. We, I get mad and stomp around. I can throw trains. Of course I can throw trains. I'm the fucking Hulk but can I beat Dr. Strange in a battle of wits? Right? I was just making a stupid joke. Yeah. And I guess my point here is, is that it's easy whenever you write a character for them to do the thing they're supposed to do. I'm a warrior. I'm going to win. I'm strong. I'm going to dig deep and win. You know what I mean? Like, yes. it's, it's easy to write a character as an archetype and for them to do what they're supposed to do. And that's just being two-dimensional. There's, no, there's nothing there. Right. There's, no, there's nothing there other than expectation for what the archetype is. And in this, we see that tug of war back and forth emotionally within her that just makes her that much stronger, even though you think it makes her look vulnerable. It's awesome. Yep, 100%. That's all. Well, so yes, they lift the print. Continue. Um, yeah, they, they, they get a print, right? Nerd guy back there who probably the highlight of his week was Scully coming into his no lab. No shit, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mentioned somebody called me. Oh, yeah, one of the agents called you from, from the Minneapolis office asking for you. She calls up Mulder, tells him about the print, and he he gives her an out here, right? Yeah, he, he does. He's he's being empathetic. He's he's understanding without making it seem without calling her out. He's not like, being patronizing, right? Not at he's all. He's just being he's just being helpful. And she doesn't take it. She's ready to go do her job. Yes. Um. Asks if you know anybody. She says call she's for her. back. Nope. Yeah. So hard. Smart, co- by the way, for her to follow up on that. She doesn't just let it go. Originally, you think she's going to let that fact pass. No. But she addresses it immediately. Yeah. She doesn't let shit go. 
Elementary, um, little breach time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tag teams rolling through. Donnie's not there. But we do have some pillows, a human hair. Boop, 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 boop. Pillows, <laughs> a human hair. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. That's normal. Do you think we're going to go ahead and comfortable? Put out an APB. I don't. I think it would be very itchy. Mm. You need some real thick pillowcases. Yeah, super thick. I ain't fucking with that. Nope. I don't think I could sleep knowing I'm laying on a bed of human hair. That's just me. Yeah. Mm. Well, I guess you're not an escalating fetishist. I am not. But hey, got you're a finger lost. on ice here, not a popsicle. Mm. Brussels sprouts and fingers goes together <laughs> like fava beans and liver. Yum. So yep. Scully's followed, dude. Yep. How how film noir is this? This is very film noir. This, this is the headlights this is behind her. The, this is oh, kind of Hitchcockian fucking hundred percent. Um yeah. Scully completely fails in recalling anything from her defensive driving classes back at the academy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just pretty much gets driven off the road. Yep. The old pit maneuver. See ya. Yep. Uh, Mulder gets news that they found Scully's car, and he's remarkably calm for Mulder when yeah. it comes to Scully he's, being in danger. He's certainly a bit more animated. Yeah. Um, but he's not he's not losing it. And I don't know no. if that's why I don't I think it's just kind of like a this isn't about like Mulder. No, feeling no, for Scully. This episode is about Scully, and it's about Donnie Faster. So I think it's just kind of being efficient. I mean, he's he's a little bit more worked up going through the yeah. evidence. We're going to find her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Get the paint sample. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Once he processes the fact that they found her car, and it's like an accident, not like she went off on foot somewhere. I think he starts to, like you said, get a little more antsy. Yeah. Um. He, yeah. He's definitely not all business. No. Uh. Now but, we get a look in at the old faster household. He does tell Brock to put a word out for a white vehicle because he does see the paint on her. Yep. And to get a sample sent to the lab in right. DC. I uh, want to say something here about this scene that is amazing. First, I love the fact that it is in the in his mom's place, right? There's plastic on everything. It's dark. But the first thing that happens at Faster's place that I like is, is that we hear sirens go by. And he pauses. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. I like that a lot because there is something so menacingly dreadful about being so close but so far away from the actual perpetrator. Yeah. It's like, ooh. You never really get that perspective. It's always we drive by in a movie and we see the house they're in, but we just keep going. And then the house comes back later in the movie. Yep. Right? Kind of like a, like a uh, I don't know, whatever. Take your pick of a movie. But Speaking of Hitchcock, this is kind of a... Uh... Right, Norman Bates, psycho oh, yeah. kind of character yeah. here. Absolutely. I guess, I guess if you're dealing with like weird dudes with weird relationships with their mothers, I mm-hmm. guess that's kind of the number one archetype. You can't really get away from it. Tough to get away. He set the standard. Uh, Donnie's keeping Bath and Body Works in business. Big time, dude. He's got every fucking flavor imaginable. <laughs> he has got Jesus the, the platinum collection. Yeah. Every scent wow. from lavender to eucalyptus, baby. Well, it's called he's tied up, but... Uh, she sees the horrid vision of him again. Mm-hmm. Mm. We go back to Box and Mulder hitting the phones. Nothing so far. Mulder's pissed that a pretty woman wasn't videotaped. Yep. Um, I like that he said videotaped. <laughs> Mulder casually asks where he would go. Books casually answers, anywhere but his mother's, right? What? Box, you did something? <laughs> By oh, accident, shit. Obviously. Exactly, yeah, exactly. That's exactly... The good out of the box thinking, sorry. No, but yeah. that's exactly where he would go. So Box brings up the profile. Mulder asks where the mother lives. 
They find her old address in Boca Raton, Florida. Uh, Mom's dead. But her car's white, so kaplow. That's a off the glass and in. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mulder suggests maybe, they, maybe they're like snowbirds, right? Is what he's saying in so many words? Yes. Winter people. And I like that. Then we boom. We cut back. Right. And we get Donnie going in with a steak knife. Yeesh. I like this scene a lot. So talk to me about this. He, <clears throat> he leans in. Scully's mm-hmm. freaking out, obviously. Mm-hmm. She's tied up in a fetishist closet. Um, and then he goes to cut away some of their strings. But before he does, he like shapeshifts like yeah. four or five times in front of her eyes. What's your, yes. what's your take on this? Because I got a thought. Um, I think I'm just going to stay boring and go with what Chris Carter said. I didn't see what he wise, said. Which is the idea of while you're captured, you... Oh, right, right. But it doesn't seem like a long enough time. Like the people Dahmer had, he held for a long time. Um, yeah. So it's a little bit different. I'm not going to lie. This is probably my least favorite part of the episode. Yeah. Because I think it's just too much. Too much. I like I like when it's kind of the demon silhouette. I almost even wish we saw less of the demon. It's cool when the light comes on and it's not a demon. That's awesome. Yes, like that is awesome. shadows. Yep. When it's a shit. bare silhouette. I my What I want to take out of this, I think, is that it's... I think these faces she's seeing are men who have either done her wrong or she has some reason to fear that she's had experiences with in her life. Maybe it's maybe it's suspects from previous cases. Maybe it's a I like it. You know, creepy neighbor that always gave her the chills. I think that's what she's seeing in Donnie Foster. I, like I don't think she's actually seeing it, but I just don't like that they make it like so obvious, like such a effect. All right, so you're suggesting that this is what she's seeing flash before her eyes. And that we shouldn't take it as much as uh, like a changeling morphing. Right. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. That's a good. That's a good call. Good stuff. Um, well, you got the bubble bath going. You're gonna cut her leg restraints off. And uh, is your hair normal or dry? <laughs> Tell me. Uh, another thing I like about this is this guy is not an accomplished murderer quite yet. He has still quite pretty bad at it. Out. Pretty still bad pretty at bad it. at it. Yeah. Um, and he is he's dealing with a trained agent, which I'm so glad we see some action here. Uh, and that's, first of all, you freed her legs. So that's going to be a fight. And he missteps and she takes the opportunity to bash him into the tub. Again, yep. he's such a sloppy, sloppy in this. And I like that. Yeah, I do. So like bam, that. smashes him in. And then he gets real creepy, right? Hey, Call girly, her girly girl. Girly girl, you creep. He has a <laughs> pistol in the house, which is a bummer. I think it's hers. Oh, it is? Yeah. I thought he took it out of a sock drawer, so he must have just put her gun in there to yeah, hide it from her. Makes so. sense. And uh, he goes right into his mom's strap-on drawer, because you know <laughs> this guy's mom. Come on. I, I, he's definitely wearing his mother's panties right now. Yeah, right. For sure. You didn't eat your alphabet soup, Donnie. <laughs> um, uh, well, it's dark. He taunts her. There's nowhere to hide. He's telling her. He stalks around looking. This is a real nightmarish. I mean, just think about this from oh, Scully's absolutely. perspective, dude. Absolutely. Being, she goes through the door, it's locked. And she's in this house. She's in this guy's house or his mother's house or whatever. And he's like stalking her slowly. That's fucking horrific. Your like, hands you are really, bound. like, this is, this, that's, that's a whole horror movie, right? Yep. I think it it's is. actually coming out. It's called it Don't is. Breathe. Right? It, it, yep, it has. <laughs> and it does. Yep. And 100% is. Um, <laughs> does this not remind, does this not take you back to, Buffalo Bill. Oh, yeah. Oh, in the, yeah. In the, with the lights are off. Yeesh. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
but no uh, no night vision. He just knows the house. So he goes up to the closet and uh, catches some tub cleaner in the eye. Catch it. Oh, you know what? It's yeah. sting. I don't know if you meant to do this. Um, you, you are. You just mentioned don't breathe. Yeah. I don't know if I, I know you're making the connections, talking through the guy's house, blah blah blah. But it's also similar in that we only get his POV here, which is kind of neat. So we don't see her. Oh yeah, yeah. We don't know where she is. Kind of cool, right? Yep. So we kind of in get that, that movie. Sim- I think he can't see them, right? He's blind. Yeah, he's blind. Yeah. Anyway, um, so he gets the tub cleaner shot. She tries to get away. Uh, she still raid, right? She blinds him. She shoots spray uh, in his eyeballs. It's tub and tub and tile cleaner. Is that what it is? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Scrubbing down. bubbles. Scrubbing Scrubs bubbles. And bubbles. Down they go. Um, he, yeah, she tries to get away. She's still partly restrained. He gets on top of her. Gun goes flying. She goes for the gun, gets it, turns. We get the demon silhouette again, smacks yep. it away. Yep. And then... Uh, he's strong. He's big. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a big fucking man. Um, then, boom, door flies open. Mulder, the cavalry arrives. Um, they get they get Donnie off. He, he surrenders immediately. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, we get a great scene next. Very well, good. it's part of the scene, right? Yeah. This talk, thing, this talk breakdown. Talk to me about this. Yeah. I got to tell you, man. This is um, this is Jillian Anderson to a T. She's incredible to watch, and uh, this is no exception. I like watching her. Once he's caught, I think her guard starts to go down a little bit. She realizes how perilous the situation she was in was. And once Mulder's there, I think she can punch out for a minute because we know she's a pro. And um, this look on her face and him looking down at her, it's very genuine. I like how she's very on edge here. I'm fine, Mulder. That head shaking. Uh, You can see the trembling in her face. And whenever he tilts her head up and looks in her eyes, that's her cue. I just can't take it. I need to have this cry and then we'll be done with this. And um, he's very... He's very caring here. You know, the head hold, the head kiss. Uh, the crying continues, and she wraps around him pretty tight. This was awesome, man. I, I really liked the scene. It, it just felt good. It, Yeah, it felt real. Yeah. I like how she immediately, like, she tries to refuse. Like, he's calling over the paramedics. Sure. She refuses that. I'm fine, Mulder. I'm fine. She's not fucking fine. Are no. you kidding me? Who the fuck would be fine right now? Nobody's fine. Um, and, and we see all that... Like you talked about, everything that's built through this whole episode, um, and really has been building with her character in general in the overall arc, sure. um, we see that kind of come to a head, and yeah, her kind of crack. Um, that. And she should. I mean, you would imagine yes. she would, right? Yeah. Of course. Um, final final ending is a mm. Mulder giving a voiceover yep. of some creepy pictures. Of a child. Dude, who's, I... what fucking kid is this? Keep right. that kid away from the cat. The dog. Holy okay? shit. Keep that kid away from his little sister, although he doesn't have one. Oof. Yeah, I don't God. like that kid. Sorry, <clears throat> as, kid. Yeah, as they're talking about it, uh, you know, Mulder's, and he, we kind of talked back about that. You know, these these primitive fears, primitive impulses, I mm. like this shit. The, yeah. the, the, your mortal, fear of mortal danger, the, the shit you see in real life, the things that can be worse than, than any X-File. Sure. Um, that kind of just goes back to what I was talking about at the beginning when you asked me why I right. picked this episode, one of the big reasons. Um, and it closes right on that. Boom. Yeah, and it's a thematic structure that is uh, is holding the whole episode up, and it, and it makes sense, and, it, and it's consistent throughout the entire episode. It's great. Bam. 
Final thoughts on Irresistible? Final thoughts. Um, okay, so one thing, one thing I want to do before, it kind of as part of my final thoughts. Okay, go for it. I want to read something. I was I was looking up in my normal IMDb casting notes, etc. Yes, on on this episode, and uh, got a hit on a episode review. So I just kind of looked at it. Uh, I want to read you a, a quote from it. Okay, um, about this episode. Yes, okay. it has a lot to say, but. I want to read you this one little thing better here. Um, and I might have liked it a little bit better if Scully's escape from Donnie didn't end with her wimping out at the last minute so Mulder could save the day. A very 90s affectation that is the thing that feels weirdly the most dated about this episode. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> this is so... First of all, it's the AV Club, which is The Onion. And the Onion is hilarious. <sighs> but it's also up its ass progressive left field, Portland, Oregon, Matthew Anderson world. <laughs> I hope he listens to this. But he this will. is such white night bullshit. For you to mm-hmm. watch the episode and to fucking write that is so, it's so fucking stupid. Yeah. To think that you, oh, you're showing a, a female character crying. And Can I jump in? Consoled. Is a male or a female the auteur? It doesn't matter. It's either a fucking white knight or a, a feminist, which are both. <laughs> Let me Virtual, see. Are they virtue signaling? God damn it. Jesus Christ. You talk, I'll look. All right. Um, But it's just, it it bothers me that somebody could watch that and get that out of it. Yeah. Because because it's such a smack in the face to Scully's character. Sure. Because Jillian Anderson does such a great job here. And the show has built the character of Scully up over the 40-plus previous episodes in such a good way and continues to do so. Dana Scully is an extremely strong, extremely independent, intelligent, can't say enough good things about the character, right? But like you said, she's not infallible, right? She's not perfect. She's a a person, right? And you've got to show that at times. And she just went through some crazy shit um, that she's never really addressed. And then she gets in this situation and deals with this... This nightmare, this 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 proverbial—I prefer not to believe literal—demon, and the inhuman things that one human can do to another can want to do, mm-hmm. and then and then on top of that, already wrapped up of that, then she's personally personally involved, and she's taken, and all the guards she was trying to put up, and everything she's been trying to do to cope with it, it finally cracks, and it shows itself in this relationship between these two characters. And for you to get up your own ass and and try to like talk down like it's fucking nineties chauvinistic, you know, like it's a Schwarzenegger movie. Like fuck you, dude. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Like oh man, it bugs me because I think it's great, man. I think she's great in this. Uh, I love the episode. It's uh, it's good. I do not believe I'm going total Han shot first. Donnie Faster is not a demon. Awesome. Is this is this the one that says the X Files irresistible slash Jihan slash yes. Fresh Bones? Okay, yep. it's Todd Vanderwerf. So uh, Todd. boy, yeah, uh, written in 2010. So, um, oh God, it's final, final thoughts. Yeah, um, it's so aggravating when people write things like that about television. Uh, first of all, Mulder doesn't save anything. Yeah, he, no he, he's just there. The tag team comes in and they disarm this guy because they're a tactical team. Um, if it was a tactical team of women, I wonder if this person would have been as upset, <laughs> right? Is it the fact that it was a male saving a female? I don't understand. 
It's a very um, 90s affectation. <laughs> here's, well, here's what would have happened if Scully wasn't a badass. She would have been dead. In fact, there's probably plenty of men who were, if they were in her situation, would have been dead because they, they police didn't get there in time. So it has nothing to do with her gender. And it's, just, yeah, it's annoying, dude. It's not about the gender. It's, it's, it's not about the gender. It's about the but, character. Unfortunately, he's virtue signaling because he's never seen a vagina, and that's part of the problem here. Is that <laughs> he wants he's, to? He's so letting people bad. know. He's letting people know that he's cool. He's not a piece of shit, and uh, that he doesn't quite understand why you're dating that loser uh, who likes the UFC. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Some days I am not nice, but um, I don't listen. I don't know the guy. I'm not going to judge his life, but that is some dog shit, bullshit writing right there. Yeah. And uh, not that, you know, people who give us two stars for things they, for, for their, for their, uh, what they assume is chauvinistic intent, which is, we've both probably explicitly stated that Scully's uh, probably the best part of the show and that Gillian Anderson is a better actor than <laughs> David Duchovny. And I love David Duchovny. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. They, they right. must not, they, they must probably just don't listen to the episodes where, we discuss about he, how she's the fucking best part of the show, a through and through, but um, that's fine. Uh, and yeah, it's 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 white knight virtue signaling, and it's brutal, and I just can't. And uh, yeah, stay away from the internet, man, or you're gonna fucking have a stroke. I'm telling you. As Are a you friend. talking to me? Yes, as a friend. I do, dude. I do. I stay way out. It's the only reason I have Facebook is because of LSG Media. Yeah, I know. I'm the yeah. same in the same boat. I would not have social media without it. But um, yeah, man. So my final thoughts, I should probably talk about more than that guy's fucking article. Um, but I should probably just say that this is a Scully strong episode. It is Scully uh, showing us that she is a human being with uh, three dimensions and uh, that she is a very strong character because it's boring to have a, and I don't want to beat up on her because I like her, but it's boring to have a Michelle Rodriguez character, say, in Resident Evil, that's supposed to be a tough, badass chick. That's a tough, badass chick through and through all the way up until the end. It's harder when you have a professional woman who is dealing with things that are unknown that can scare her and show that she's a human being who can then overcome those fears and have a growth arc in her character. Uh, that is harder to write. As, as, like I just said, the Incredible Hulk can throw trains. Of course he can. He's Incredible Hulk. You're not impressing me. I mean, it's cool, but right? You're supposed to do, the Hulk's supposed to do what the Hulk's supposed to do. And um, that's, I guess, my point is, is that this episode does more to cement the Scully character as being magnificent in her depth and magnificent in her capacity to show how awesome she is in the way that she deals with this shit. And that's all I want to say. I don't talk about anything else except Scully. And Donnie So you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You covered him, but you know what? You guys can go fuck yourselves. You know who you are. Stop it. Stop it. There okay? you go. We just mansplained that for you guys. Yeah. There you um, go. And I do want to give one last shout out to Robbie M uh, for uh, requesting this episode. And for any of you guys that, uh, if you want to hear something in particular, you might be able to, you know, give a little vote in there. Go ahead and uh, jump on our Facebook page um, or email us at host at libertystreetgeek.net. There you go. And, uh, and stop thinking collectively. Think of the individual, guys, and you will write silly things. And uh, what do we cover next, buddy? Oh, luckily I decided this before we finished this episode. Because I was thinking, I don't fucking know. But I think the answer is obvious. 
And I don't think we've covered it. If we have, this is going to be very embarrassing. I don't think we've covered it. I would like to cover Tombs. Ooh, nice. Speaking of classic bad guys. Yep. We already covered Squeeze. This is the second part, right? Yep. I think this is the first time in X-Files that a bad guy ever returns. Yeah. So I want to do that for sure. I wanted to pick three, which comes on the heels of right before this one, which would have been Scully's not in it. Mulder deals with the vampire stuff. Oh, that Um, one's good in that it's not very good. It's not very good. That'd be fun. I know. I know. Let's go with Tombs. Tombs. I like it, man. Tombs, baby. All right, man. Well, this has been a blast. We are going to get you guys out of here. Uh, Josh, do you have any parting words for these people before we go? Bye, girly girl. Hey, everybody. This is Dean with LSG Media, and I just want to say thank you for tuning in to another episode of the X-Files podcast. Be sure to check us out on LibertyStreetGeek.net to see what other shows we have going, like the Science Fiction Film Podcast, the Walking Dead Podcast, the Game of Thrones Podcast, Podcast for days. Get over to LibertyStreetGeek.net and check us out. Thanks. Bye. Bye.